Once again, my name's Joe Crummy, one of the elders here at the Meeting Place Church. And this morning, we've got a bit of a different message that I want to be able to share with you. And we've got lots to cover. And appropriately, after our worship this morning, uh, today's message is entitled, as simple as you can get, but profound, Good News. And as Gary talked about last week, we're beginning a new series and a new book. And we're looking at the book of Acts in the New Testament, which is a really important book. Because if you can imagine the Bible in the New Testament, if you went through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and then you hit Romans, we'd be really confused, okay? Because you kind of go from the life of Jesus, and then to Paul writing Romans. You're like, who's Paul? And, you know, as theologically sound as Romans is, I think we'd have, we've got to fill in a few gaps. And the book of Acts does that. And Gary did a great intro last week, and so I'd encourage you, if you weren't here, to check it out online. You can hear some of the background about a guy named, doctor named Luke writing the book of Luke, and also writing the book of Acts, and the background that goes along with that. And really, we see the Acts, the book of Acts, it's uh, in a lot of Bibles, it might say Acts of the Apostles, Acts of the Holy Spirit. And as Gary mentioned last week, really, it's the Acts of Jesus continued by the Holy Spirit through the Apostles. Okay, that's what it's really all about. And so we see in the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, Jesus, his ministry physically here on earth. And as Gary said last week, when Jesus ascend it back to heaven, his ministry continued. He still rules and reigns, he's still alive, but now it's through his church, primarily that he expresses his rule and his reign and his ministry today. And this morning, I want to take the first section to continue to share uh, basically what church is about, what the gospel is about. And in that context of understanding the gospel, then I'm going to share some things about our own church So if you're a guest here this morning, I think you'll still get a lot out of it. But the second part of the message is really, in a sense, for our local church, as I'm going to give some updates from very practical things to pastoral things to prophetic things to leadership things that we want to take more than just sort of do uh, in announcement time. We want to be able to give good explanation for why we're doing what we're doing. So hold on to your seats, folks. All right. All right. Here we go. Good news. And our scripture today we're going to begin, again, from the end of, chapter, end of the book of Luke, as Luke um, has written that book, and then he goes into the introduction to the book of Acts. So this is the last chapter and the last verses from the book of Luke, Luke 24. And Luke writes, he says, Then he, that's Jesus, said to them, to his disciples, who he had gathered after the resurrection, These are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. And just as a little bunny trail... That's another great example about the Bible, whether it's all true or it's completely not true. Because Jesus references the Old Testament. Jesus just does it right there. He says, Moses, the prophets, Psalms. So Jesus believed in the Old Testament. Okay, just a little apologetic note in there. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures and he said to them, Thus it is written that the Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead and that repentance and forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all nations beginning from Jerusalem. And hallelujah, that's happened because we're here today, and we get to continue that message. You are witnesses of these things, and behold, I am sending the promise of my Father upon you. But stay in the city until you clothe with power from on high. Then he led them out as far as Bethany, and lifting up his hands, he blessed them. And while he blessed them, he parted from them and was carried up into heaven. And they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy and were continually in the temple blessing God. So that's how Luke ends. Jesus 
revealing himself to his disciples. It says, wait for the Holy Spirit, and he ascends back to heaven. And this is where we pick it up in the book of Acts. In the first book, O Theophilus, I have dealt with all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day when he was taken up after he had given commands through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen, which we just read. He presented himself alive to them after his suffering by many proofs, appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. And while while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me, for John, referring to John the Baptist, baptized with water, but you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. And we're going to get more into that next Sunday. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, it is not for you to know the times or seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all of Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Folks, this morning, we just want to talk about good news. Good news to share. And the good news is this, Jesus. So the whole book of Acts, if you're going to summarize it, is really this. It's about witnesses of Jesus Christ sharing the good news about Jesus. That is it. Jesus said this. It is written that Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead and that repentance and forgiveness of sin should be proclaimed in his name to all nations. And that's still true and applies to us here today. And we have to understand, because the things I'm going to share, you might not make the connection, but the things I'm going to share about our local church have to be rooted in these things that I'm about to share first. That's the context. So it's not just another sort of announcement. What I'm going to share is in the context of this. It's good news about Jesus. It's good news today. And so when Debbie read that out, I was like, yes, let the afflicted hear that there's good news today. Okay, there's good news today afflicted of the soul afflicted physically emotionally mentally spiritually all those different things there's good news today and that good news is jesus and we can never underestimate okay that we need to hear this over and over and over again we should never get tired of the good news of jesus christ for those of us who are christians we should never get tired and say, well, you know, I've heard the gospel, you know, I kind of, you know, understand it. Let's move on to something else. Actually, everything we move on to is based on understanding the gospel and making sure this good news of Jesus gets a hold of you and transforms you and I. And we can never grow tired or weary, and hopefully, maybe for some people, this is the first time you've heard this message this morning about Jesus physically coming here. He was sent from God, the Father. He lived here on planet earth and that's what we just celebrated at christmas we talked about christmas eve behold a savior has been born to you this day a savior born on planet earth who's going to save us from our sins and jesus physically lived on earth he was fully god fully human born of a virgin okay created by the holy spirit and mary's womb unique from any other person ever born so that the line of sin would be cut off He was born of the line of David. So all the promises in the Old Testament are true. He lived here on planet Earth. He grew up as a boy. It says he grew in wisdom and stature and favor in the eyes of God and men. He was here on planet Earth. And then he began his ministry. We don't know much in between. We know he was about his father's business. And Jesus lived here. And the Bible says, and we can read about in the book of Hebrews, that he experienced all that we experienced but was without sin. We have one who can relate 
to us. He was tempted over and over again, but said no. He obeyed his father. He learned obedience as a son. He was hungry. Okay? He wept. When Lazarus died, he wept. He felt pain. Okay? He went through. He was physically tired. He lived here, and he experienced all that we experienced. And folks, we've got to take, as Barb was saying, some of the things that are up here and we think are way down here, we've got to connect the two. Jesus understands us. As it says in Hebrews, we have a high priest who's not unable to sympathize with us. So when he's pleading and praying for us, he understands because he was one of us. It's really important. That's good news today. We know that Jesus understands what we're going through. And Jesus suffered, as we've just sung about this morning. He chose to suffer. I read again in the end of Matthew just how much Jesus suffered. He was mocked. He was mocked by those in authority. He was mocked. He was spat upon. He was insulted. It says they hurled insult at him. He was stripped naked. He was vulnerable. He went through all those different things, a crown of thorns. He was beaten with a staff. They beat him on the head. They placed him on the cross. He had to carry the cross. All those things. Jesus suffered emotionally. He suffered rejection. His friends betrayed him. He went through it all so he can sympathize with us. There's good news here this morning. Jesus has walked in our shoes. There's good news. Jesus understands. And Jesus died. He tasted death on the cross. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He gave up his spirit. He went through the fear of knowing what was coming to face death. He was in the garden crying out to his father. If there's any other way, he understood the way of death was faced, staring him in the face. He understands. As we face death, he understands because he's faced it. And he was our substitute. He bore the weight of our sin. Even though he, we sang it this morning, he knew no sin. He became sin for us. Okay? The sin that we've done. Okay? However we define sin, as the Bible does in many ways, we miss the mark. We transgress. We owe God. Okay? We worship other idols. All those things placed upon Jesus. He lived. He suffered. He died. But hallelujah. Jesus rose from the dead. The power of God defeated sin and death. Hallelujah! Jesus, by the power of God, was raised from the dead. Hallelujah! And that what makes Christianity different from every other religion, philosophy on planet Earth. Jesus is alive. So either it's all true or none of it's true. Okay? So don't just look at Jesus' teaching and say, I'll take his good teachings as a good teacher, but I don't believe the rest. As Don Smith would say, rubbish. Okay? I'll be brutally honest. You're a fool to do that because you're listening to a liar. You're listening to a dead man if you don't believe it all. It's the all or none principle. Okay? It makes Christianity different from everything else. Either you're all in or none of it applies. Paul said it, 1 Corinthians. He said, look, we believe this and it's not true. God have mercy upon us because we're leading other people astray and we're still dead in our sins. We still need another Savior if it's not Jesus. Jesus rose from the dead by the power of God. He tasted death, but he rose. He was given another body. He appeared to his disciples. He ate with them. So he wasn't just a ghost. He had another body. He was still holy God. He had still a human body. They could touch him. He 
still had the nail scars in his hand. And that's my next point. Jesus of Nazareth and the risen Christ are one and the same person. So we did that when we went through 1 John, didn't we? How the Gnostics, Jesus was a person physically here on earth, but before he went to the cross, his spirit left him and all this crazy stuff. And Jesus was a ghost and he was, you know, the material and the immaterial were different, all this craziness. Folks, Jesus, who was born of Mary, suffered on the cross, resurrected. Now the Christ is the same Jesus. One of the basic doctrines of Christianity. Same Jesus. Same Jesus. We have to make sure we believe that. That Jesus of Nazareth, before the cross, is the same Jesus who's the Christ after the cross. And Jesus ascended. We just read it. Jesus returned to his Father in heaven. Jesus now seated at the right hand of the Father. All power and authority given to him. And now he's what? He's now our great high priest. He pleads to the Father on our behalf. He's praying for us. You can never say this. Nobody ever prays for me. It's not true. Jesus, at the right hand of the Father, who can sympathize with us because he's gone through it all, is pleading before the Father. He's probably pleading things like this. God, protect my church. They're about to go under attack. Protect them. Satan wants to sift them as he did Peter. Pray. I pray that you would protect them. We see Job in the Old Testament. God only allowed Satan so much access. Jesus interceding. God, only allow this much. And as Dave read out this morning, that you would allow these things to happen so that we could be tested and tried, that we could be molded and shaped to the image of Christ, that we too could learn obedience, that we could too could learn to say no to temptation, that we too could learn to hear the Father's voice and obey him. Folks, this is the gospel. This is big picture. But it applies to every one of us. And here's the good news. As Jesus prays for us now, Jesus is coming again. Good news! Jesus was sent. He lived. He suffered. He died. He was risen. Now he's ascended. Good news, Jesus is coming again. He's coming to return to get his people. He's coming to completely save us. He's coming to give us new bodies and a new heaven and a new earth. No more tears. No more suffering. No more pain. No more sorrow. No more sin. Hallelujah! That's good news here this morning. It's good news here right now. It's good news for eternity. So we're allowed to get excited about Jesus. Okay? We're allowed to get excited. Okay? Call us crazy. I'll show you crazy. Watch the football games last night and this afternoon. Okay? I don't have my face painted. Okay? I didn't spend a whole lot of money to wear what I'm wearing today to follow Jesus. Okay, I didn't pay any tickets to get in this auditorium today. I didn't wait out in the parking lot. Although, it'd be cool to have a tailgate party some <laughs> Sunday morning. That would be kind of cool. Okay? Define crazy. Okay? I can worship a sports team or I can worship the living God. But we're all worshiping something. I'm going to choose to worship the living God. Okay? Choose to sing this morning because God touched my heart. I can sing out here. If I can sing in a stadium and I can chant, ole, 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 but my Montreal Canadians, I can sing in public even though I'm a terrible singer because God's put something in my heart. I can't even contain it. Okay? That's the gospel. That's the good news. There's so much good news, you can't contain it. 
It's the truth of God, and it's my experience put together. So it's not just all about me. It's something beyond me, but it includes me. Do you understand that mesh together? I'm a witness. I've experienced something. It's beyond me. It's truth. Okay, don't just believe me. Go to God's word, but it includes me. And the good news is this. Jesus restores. Jesus restores relationship with God, our Father. And folks, that's the big picture of the Bible. It's the story of this. God wants a relationship with us, his creation. Me singing this morning, that was the old, that's God's heart for us. I sing over you because I love you. I want to take you by the hands. That's what he did with Adam and Eve in the garden. He walked with them. They didn't know any shame. They could hear God's voice. They knew God's presence. Okay? That's what Jesus came to restore. Not just that we get back to neutral, that we're forgiven. It goes beyond that. Now we're sons. We're sons of God, of the Father, that he's put his spirit within us. Hallelujah. I can be rejected here on earth, but I'm accepted by my Father in heaven. I might be abused here, but I can be forgiven and made cleansed and made whole and made clean by my Father in heaven. Good news. Let the afflicted hear there's good news. That's the good news of the gospel. We can have a relationship restored with our Father in heaven. He calls us sons of God. And he's done it. He's provided. He provided Jesus. Now he provides his Holy Spirit. We're going to learn more about next week. It's good news. We have a relationship with God our Father. We're forgiven. We need a Savior. Okay, we're separated from God. Remember we talked about Christmas Eve. The power of sin addicts us. It gets a hold of us. Okay, the penalty of sin. Okay, there's a payment that when we sin, we've got to pay the piper. There's a penalty to be paid. There's the pollution of sin. There's the partition of sin. It separates us from God. And Jesus came and he dealt with every one of those. He removed the partition. We have access to God. We can call him Father. Can you imagine? We get to call God our Father in heaven. Okay? He removes the pollution of sin. He has, who would pray it out, that he just doesn't do it in part or patches Daryl. No, God makes us a new creation in Christ. We have a new identity, as Betty said, that we're in Christ. He breaks the power of sin, that we can say no to sin and yes to God. He enables us to be able to do that. He paid the penalty. He paid the price. Lord, forgive us our debts as we have been forgiven. Our debt. Okay? Jesus paid it. And folks, this is the good news, especially for Christians here this morning. You've been a Christian a long time. This is what's key to the gospel. Okay? Don't just stop at forgiveness. Because this is what happens and happens a lot in Christianity. Okay? We preach gospel as we make a decision to receive Jesus. Okay? And then we stop there. Okay? You're forgiven so that you can have access to know God. And folks, that's the greatest thing from here on in eternity. Okay? You're forgiven, so guess what? Not just that you get to go to heaven, you get to know God. And folks, that's a lifelong thing. And what I find is Christians saying, I'm saved, now what? Okay, now I'm bored, now what do I do? So we move on from the gospel. Folks, the gospel is this. You get to know God. That is everything. You're not just saved, you're saved so that you can get to know God. That's the best thing about being alive today is that we get to know God. 
And unfortunately, in North America, it's low on the priority list. We want to know everything else. We want an experience. We want a high. We want everything else because we, put, we think God isn't worth investing in. That God's not good enough to get to know. Folks, when God reveals himself to you, your heart changes. I want to know this living God. It changes everything. The gospel changes everything. Hear me? The gospel changes everything. We get to know God. The chief end of man is what? Is to know God and enjoy him forever. Do, you really, do we really believe that? Because most of the time I don't think it is. My goal in life is this, is to know God and enjoy him forever. That's my goal. You want a goal for the new year? This is your goal. Get to know God and enjoy him. Usually God and enjoy aren't in the same sentence. Most of the time we think this, we enjoy sin, we don't enjoy God. Folks, that's a lie from the pit of hell. The gospel is this, you've been saved and forgiven. Not just so you get to neutral, not so you just squeak into heaven. You're saved and forgiven so that you've got a clean slate and a new heart and a new spirit within you so that you can know the living God. That's good news. Okay? As Angela prayed out, that makes our troubles here on earth light and momentary. And actually, what's even more incredible is you get to know God even through your trials and tribulations. George Mueller said this. I have it written in front of my Bible. My, cho- my chief duty is to make sure my soul is happy in God. This is my chief duty is to make sure my soul is happy in God. Folks, our greatest need on planet Earth today is not this. Okay? We think it is. We think our greatest need on planet Earth is for me to be happy. Okay? Now, we don't maybe write that on our bumper sticker of our life, but everything the world throws at you is this. Your greatest need is to be happy. Everything that's sold and advertised is this. You need to be happy, and this will make you happy. Folks, our greatest need on planet Earth is we need to be forgiven so that we can know God. And if we want to be radical as Christians, that's the biggest one. Are we going to put aside lesser things so that we get to know God? It affects what we read, what we listen to, what we prioritize, what we put energy in. It affects our worldview. It affects what we value. It affects everything. It should affect everything. Our greatest need is not to be happy. Our greatest need is to be forgiven, to know God. And I believe with all my heart, if you're forgiven and you get to know God, you'll be happy, despite your circumstances. That's what the Bible is full of. Jesus did it. Paul did it. They all did it. They can go through being persecuted. They can go through having nothing. They can go through their circumstances. They're happy. Their soul is happy. Their soul is happy in God. It's not dependent on things out here. It's radical. It's good news. And folks, the things I'm about to share, this is the context. I can't do it. We as elders can't do it. We can't do it. If you don't believe it's good news and you haven't received it as good news, you're not going to tell anyone else that it's good news. Okay? So we can't legislate you. Go out and share good news. We can't guilt you into it. We can't do any of those things, nor would we want to. 
If you haven't received and believed that this is good news, guess what? You're not going to tell anyone else. That's bottom line. But Jesus sends. Jesus was sent. Jesus restores. Jesus sends. He sends you and me individually. He sends us corporately. We're a city on a hill that cannot be hidden. We're witnesses. We've experienced. Okay? I'm a witness. I've witnessed. I've tasted and seen that the Lord is good. I know what it is to be forgiven. I know what it is to be saved. I know what it is to have a new passion, a new heart, a new identity. Okay? And even though I fall sometimes and I'm not perfect, God helps me even in that. I'm a witness and I'm empowered by the Holy Spirit to all nations. Here in our neighborhood, as we did last year, but walk across the room, here, wherever context we are, you want a job to do? Here's the Great Commission. You get to tell people the good news of Jesus, wherever you are. Whatever context, where you're at home, mom or dad, at the workplace, whatever it is, at school, okay, on the street, okay, that's your vocation, that's your calling, is to be a witness. Okay? Now, folks, that's the context of about what I'm going to share, that there's good news. There's good news here this morning. There's good news for each of us. There's good news for our families, for our friends, for our neighborhoods. And as Marcel said, where sin abounds, hallelujah, grace abounds even more. So what an opportunity. Hey, we don't have to go looking very far to share good news. Okay? There's a lot of bad news all around us. And what I want to share is just some updates and different things as we look forward. And sort of New Year is a good time to do this. And we wait it till the middle of the month, until most of you were back from holiday and everything like that. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria to the end of the earth. And here's some things we're going to look at. Okay? I believe God spoke this to me and as I shared with others back in the fall. God spoke to me that this is the year that in a sense our church goes from patent pending to replication. So I don't know if you've ever seen, you've bought something and you look at it and it says patent pending. They don't have the patent yet for it, but it's on its way, okay? And that's kind of, I think, what our church has been like, okay? We've still got a lot of things to figure out. By all means, we're not there. But a lot of things are going to get, I believe, solidified this year so that we can begin to replicate whatever that might look like, okay? So that's something to keep in mind as we talk about all these things. That's sort of the context. And what we're trying to do is we're trying to prepare. Okay, so people are like, are we in a church plant? Yes. Do you know when and where? No. What has God called us to do right now? Prepare, prepare, prepare. And this is what we're trying to do. Okay, on the very practical things. I'm going to go one step further than John Linden about the child protection policy. Okay, you need to be there. Okay. All of you, pretty much, I'm going to say all of you, need to be there. Because guess what? We need all hands on deck. Our nursery is bigger than some churches right now. I'm serious, okay? We have more babies under the age of two than my parents have in their church back home, okay? Sometimes we might need you for a drive. Sometimes we might need you at fuel with our youth on Saturday night. Okay, we got five, six leaders. We got over 40 plus teenagers. Kids church, expanding. Everything's growing, folks, and we need you. And one of the most practical things we need you to do is we need our kids to be safe, and we need you to be educated and informed. So child protection policy training, it's a good thing, okay? 
and we need more of you in the nursery. We need more of you serving in kids' church. We need more of you at Fuel. And you can't do that if you don't have this training. So I'm asking you, be there, even though you think it might not be for you. Some other time we might need you to substitute in and things like that. We need you, okay? So on behalf of Angela and Joel and those who lead Kids Church and Fuel, please make it a priority. And then this is what I'm going to ask you to do as well. That night from 6.30, 7.30, then I want you to stay for TAG for a prayer meeting, okay? I want you to taste and see. So I'm being strategic here, and I'm being dad, and I'm going to pull one on you to say, I want you there, okay? If you've never been to a prayer meeting, not out of guilt, I'm just saying, Come, and as I've said many times before, we don't expect you there every week, but it would be great if maybe once a month you were there to experience the church at prayer. I know you're praying in your life groups on your own, and if you can't get there, look, okay, we understand, so don't feel guilty and don't quit your job and all those things, okay? <laughs> all I'm saying is, if you're going to go to child protection policy and you're taking, or you're getting a babysitter that night, okay, come to TAG and then go out on a date afterwards, all right? 6.30, 7.30, 7.30, There. That's what Angela and I sometimes do. All right. In a couple of weeks' time, very practical, we're moving back to Deneen to Head Hall. So some of you have only known us here at McGlagan, but beginning the first Sunday in February, February 6th, we're moving back to Deneen. They've renovated it, and to make a long story short, we looked at all the pros and cons. There's mo- more pros at being at Deneen than here. So we're going to go back um, for the next several months. We'll try it out again, and it's just down the hill here at the engineering building. Um, the entryway is better. It's just a lot of things. So we've got three weeks to um, get everyone else knowing. Bylaws and policies, as Kevin shared at different times of updates, we're still working through those things. And uh, we're coming together with new things for our membership and to be with the government and all those different things. So stay tuned. I know you will because so many people ask me about that. (laughs) Okay, training coming up. For lack of a better term, good news training weekend coming up in February. We're going to do a Friday night, Saturday morning at our building. We've got Chris McLean coming from the King's Family Church in Oakville. Chris is a real evangelist. He's going to come and help equip us. A year ago, we did walk across the room learning about just practical things we can do in our own life to be able to share this good news. It's a similar thing. You're going to learn more some things about personally. You're going to learn more about how Alpha is a part of that. And we're going to hear some things about more um, from in the workplace. So we try to do that with our Daniel series, and a lot of times we just ran out of time different things, so we're going to give another opportunity for some other people to share about their experiences, about living out a Christian life in the workplace. And then our church weekend's coming up the end of May. This will be our third one out at Green Hill Lake Camp, where we go Friday night, all day Saturday into Sunday. We've got John Groves coming from England, who's a good friend of uh, Don and Stephanie. He and his wife Marion are coming, and John's a great teacher, uh, led many churches. Um, now he's just uh, sort of around Don's age, late uh, 60s, and so his schedule's free up a bit more. So he's coming, and uh, he's going to be doing really some different talks on being a radical Christian in a world of conflict, okay? So it's going to be really good pastoral things, prophetic things, and so I ask you to mark it on your calendar now and start saving your money now. We had 187 last year. Uh, make it for the weekend, which was a real priority. Um, and I think everyone would say it was an incredible weekend. It's a bonding time. You get to be with people. There's lots of free time. You get to hang out and talk to people, different things, powerful worship times. It's a real stake in the ground for us to continue to move forward and hear from God. And there's a lot of laughter as well. So I invite you 
to be there. All right, this is the most exciting one for me. Put April on the spot. All right, as the church is growing, which it is, and hallelujah, our needs grow as well. One of the things we've identified is, uh, our, as one of our greatest needs in church life is we need more help, pastoral help and equipping for the women in our church. And so we began back in the fall to take a look at what we could do for that. And in, in prayer, we're like, who in our church has the gifting and would be able to maybe help us out on that? And we identified April Jewett, who is already doing a lot of this. And we said we need to make it a priority. And so what we've done in talking it through with April, in April's work, is beginning the end of January, um, and we're going to give it a six-month trial, is April's going to come on board more sort of in a one-day paid position um, for the church, primarily to do three things. There's an admin part to it. We've missed that point person to help prepare our women's breakfast and organize that, our women's weekend, our fit groups, different things like that. We've missed the point person to help organize and keep all those things going. So that's going to be one part of what April's going to be doing. The second part is obviously some one-on-one pastoral things, working with the elders and helping together. And the third thing is to help equip, equip other women. As she learns different things, it's for her to be able to help equip other women to help pastor and grow other women. And so it's exciting to be able to say that uh, April is going to be able to come on board. And we thank April for changing her schedule around. And like I said, we're going to give it six months to see how it goes for April. And the great thing is she doesn't have to quit her job. And if things don't work out, then she's out. We can take it six months at a time, see how it's going, tweak things. And we're thrilled that April said yes, because I was so excited thinking this all the way through. And then I was so excited, but I thought, we haven't even asked her yet. What if she says no? <laughs> so it's wonderful that uh, April's willing to say yes, and God's been, I believe, preparing her for it. And uh, so that's very exciting. And um, again, and let me just say on the pastoral care part, it's a good one at this moment just to say again, with our church, because we are growing, and it's helpful for people to understand how we do things. Okay, we're trying to build things not on one pastor, so some other churches, intentionally or unintentionally, that's how it goes. And as you grow, the pastor burns out or the meet needs don't get met or some combination thereof. In our system of things, okay, how we do things, we primarily would encourage and invite and ask, if at all possible, people to be in life groups, our small groups that meet throughout the week. If you have a need or a care, you go to your life group leader first. Okay? And a lot of th- needs and those things can be met within the life group, if the life group leader doesn't know what to do or maybe needs help, they have coordinators who help oversee them. So we have coordinators for every two or three life groups. They can work with the coordinator to maybe work out a game plan. And if things need to go on from there, then it comes to the elders to deal with some of the more serious pastoral issues that come. So you need to know that game plan so that you can follow the game plan or else you'll be very frustrated. There's just no other way because you're not always going to be able to get to me or April, or Gary, or whatever. There's a system that we're trying to work through, and we need you to cooperate with that system. Okay? So that's for your benefit, because our plan is to make disciples, so that you grow up in Jesus Christ. And we need to be able to do that in a way that keeps expanding with our growth. Okay? So that's the thing. The other thing that we're doing, um, and this is the main other one, Let's move on as we've been trying to figure out, okay, where do we go from here? 
regarding training leaders, where do we go from here, regarding looking at planning churches and things of that nature. And so what we've done is we believe God's told us to get prepared. So one of the things we're starting this year is we've asked about, um, the elders have asked about 35, 40 men and women who over the past year or two have expressed interest in church planning and or we feel could be mobile to uh, be involved in church planning and also some with leadership gifts who are going to need to stay here and take on greater role is we've asked them to meet with us as elders once a month for three hours and part of that three hours there's going to be doctrinal training there's going to be pastoral and leadership training and there's going to be time for worship and prayer specifically for seeking God as to where we're going to go next as far as church planning. St. John, Moncton, Halifax, we're not quite sure, but that time in there will be for that. And the other thing that's kind of changed in that is now we have Adam, Kim, Jay have moved to PEI, and they're open to uh, possibly us helping them do something there. So for them on the internet, hi to our friends in PEI as they listen to this message. And we're taking baby steps towards that. We've asked Adam and Kim to be part of that leadership training. So sometimes they're going to be here physically on the weekends to be with us. Other times we'll Skype it uh, to them and they'll be a part of it. But that changes things as well as they've just moved over Christmas to Prince Edward Island. They don't really have a local church in their area. And we're just saying God is maybe that one of our first steps to moving forward. Okay, as I said to our life group leaders last week, whenever you pick a group like that, some people are going to feel left out. And so we ask you to keep with us We want to try to do more things like this in the upcoming years. So for some of you, it's not never. It's just not now. We had to cap it at some point because if you get too big, there's a lot of practical things you just can't do. And if you really feel stirred and you really feel called to maybe be a part of that and you haven't been asked, then why don't you come and talk to us as elders and we can talk it through some more. But, okay, I'll just be brutally honest. Don't feel rejected. Don't feel left out. Okay? Keep doing what you're doing we need all hands on deck so we'll cut right through anyone wondering things yes we've picked people and we haven't picked others and we believe god's tried to help us in that don't feel left out don't feel disappointed be spurred on even more and that leads to our last point is what is our response to some of these things okay first of all the first part of the message some of you need to respond to the good news personally for yourself to know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, okay? And you can do that, and Alpha is a great place for you to learn more about what we've just talked about this morning, okay? One of the biggest things, we need your prayer support, okay? At life groups, on your own, at tag on Sunday nights, okay? That's the engine that drives the whole church is prayer, okay? And we've tried to make that a priority, and we continue to do so, okay? As I said, all hands on deck, and I have to say again, what love this church. Okay? We avoid the 20-80 principle or the 80-20 principle, that 20% of the people do 80% of the work. Okay? It's not true here. It isn't. You look, we, we as elders, we had a day away. We went through all 180 of you on paper. We went through every person. And by far, the majority are involved in multiple things. So what I ask you to do is, now's a good time to evaluate Am I happy? Wrong word. (laughs) Am I satisfied? Do I feel like I'm contributing? Where I am in church life? Is this my passion? Is this my gifting? Or do we maybe need to look at things and make some tweaks? 
Are you involved in five things that you're burning out? Maybe you need to be involved in two things. Are you involved in zero things that maybe you need to be involved serving in one or two things? Now is a good time. There's always needs. Okay? Every ministry, I can tell you, okay, is bursting at the seams and trying to recruit people and train people and everything. Now's a good time. You're making this your church. We ask you to serve. That's part of being local church. It's great. God's given you gifts. We need them. We continue to ask you to give. Okay? Incredible this year. Proud, thankful to God and proud of you. Okay? We increased our budget like 20% this year. We brought Sally on board full-time. Admin, expand it. And our offering was even above um, what it needed to be so that we can still do a whole bunch of other things. And Kevin will be sharing in a few weeks' time about our budget for this year. But we continue to ask you, give financially. Okay? We're giving to God as we continue to teach into that. And really, again, just to say thank you for giving. We wouldn't be able to do a lot of these things like bringing April and all these other things if, if we didn't have the resources there to do it. So well done and continue to ask you to do that and to grow. Okay, and last thing is we just say again for every one of us to take the responsibility as a Christian okay, to feed ourselves to grow in our walk with God. Okay, that gospel, as I said, is good news so that we're saved, but it doesn't end there. The good news is we get to know God more and more. So we get to feed ourselves. You've got to read the Word of God, not because we have to, but we get to. God's revealed Himself to us. We get to read God's Word. Hallelujah. We get to be filled with the Holy Spirit. We get to serve. We get to learn from others. We get to be mentored from others. Okay? But we, each of us, need to take personal responsibility. Okay? God knows what goes on in secret. We don't. So we don't know when you're being obedient and secret, when you're being disobedient. So I'll tell you this. For all of us, your obedience in secret, what God sees, you're praying in secret, all that, it blesses the rest of us. But you know what? Our disobedience in secret affects the rest of us as well. That's a spiritual thing about being in a body. Okay? And so we exhort you, for every one of us, take responsibility. I want to grow more. I'm going to take my responsibility. I'm going to read good theology. I'm going to feed myself. I'm going to study about God. I'm going to learn more about what this gospel really is. I'm going to learn more about what it is to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I'm going to take down some walls. I'm going to let God work on my heart. All those things. Personal. We try to provide as much as we can to help you in those things, but it's that personal, I'm taking responsibility for my walk with God that's going to bless you and it's going to bless others and it's going to give glory to God. It's good news, folks. It's good news in Jesus Christ. If you're afflicted here this morning, there's good news. If you don't know Jesus as Savior, there's good news. If you're a Christian here this morning, there's good news. Because of Jesus, you have access to know God. You get to enjoy God. Your soul can be happy in God, no matter what your circumstance is. And hallelujah, there's good news. God's building his church. Okay? Humbly say, God, building his church. People are being saved and at it. Disciples are being made. And God's going to continue to send us, empowered by spirit, to the nations. And we're getting ourselves prepared. And you get to be a part of that. Hallelujah. It's good news.